You know, we're, what today's message is a very foundational message that we miss a lot. Um, foundational, and some of you think foundational, oh, it's going to be super simple, I'm just going to tune pastor out for the next hour, and, and it's not the next hour, I promise you, I won't take that long. But, and so some of you are already like writing this off, but foundationally wise, I think a lot of Christians don't get this, and so when tragedy happens, something comes along, that's why our world is so rocked, because foundationally we're off base just a little bit. And so I want to show you through some scriptures, but I want to start with a story um, about Kipling. Some of you guys know who Kipling is. He won the Nobel Prize for Literature. He wrote a, a, a dozen, I mean, a lot of books. One of his most famous ones I think everybody's familiar with is a Jungle Book. Uh, everybody knows this story, right? Well, the height of his fame, uh, one reporter decided to do a story on him, wanted to interview him. And so before the interview, she kind of accumulated what was known about him, about how much he made per book, how much he made the course of this past year, the height of his career. And what she did was she averaged that out to find out what he made per word, per word, for writing. And so she sits down the interview, and she's conducting this interview, and she tells him, hey, I actually did this study, you know, to see how much you make per word. And she goes, it ends up, uh, you, you make about $100 per word. He goes, oh, okay. And, and so, so what she does then is she takes a $100 bill out of her pocket and gives it to him and says, I want you to give me a word. So he folds $100 up, put it in his pocket, and says, thanks. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, I imagine how she felt. But you think about it, $100 for a thanks, that's pretty good. I mean, in our culture today, don't you think it'd be more like $1,000 or a million-dollar word, right? Because how often do you hear thanks? I mean, let's be honest. You know, if you grew up like I did, I grew up where you hold the door open for people. Even people you don't know, you know, you just hold the door open when you see somebody, okay, right? Nowadays, you know, I've been guilty of, I've opened the door, held the door open for people, multiple people. You ever been that guy that gets stuck? Like a family and another family, you know, you're like, you've lost your family by that time. But So, you know, I've been guilty of this, but I've opened the door for people and they just come cruising through and they say nothing. Not a word. You're like, so I'll be honest, confess my sins before you. I'll be like, you're welcome. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'll be here all day. I got this. No worries. It's my job. You know, just some smart out comment, you know, just to make sure they know that I know that they didn't thank me for that. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's not in our world today, really. I mean, people don't thank people or not appreciative of something they did. Or, or maybe, maybe um, you know, maybe you give somebody a gift and they're like, oh, cool. And they go on. You're like, you're still waiting for a thanks, you know, but they don't give you a thank. There's no response or nothing, you know. Or maybe for all the moms out there, you clean your kid's room, even though you've been telling them to clean the room a thousand times, you thought, you know what, I'll model grace for them. And I'll clean their room. And you clean their room, you're so proud of it, and they just act like nothing happened. You're like, what am I doing? Right? Come on, we've all been there. Or maybe you went above and beyond at work. And nobody said a word. Or maybe at school, I mean, you killed it. I mean, you worked hard. You, you got your grades up. You did all this extra credit stuff. And nobody said anything to you. And it's like, are you kidding me? I, often I think we misunderstand that what, what we're missing out is that the value of that word thank you. 
and the power that there is behind it. And I think it's fair to say that, that thanks are powerful depending on how you are giving them. So giving thanks is powerful. And there's actually so, so you can take this a thousand ways, all right? This is Thanksgiving, so we're doing a thankful message. But there's actually people who study this, study the power of thanks and thanksgiving and being appreciative. And there's a, a PhD, uh, Edmonds, he's a PhD psychology professor at University of uh, California in Davis. He's actually written a number of books on the scientific research about studies on how thankfulness or a posture of gratitude actually positively affects you psychologically. I'm like, are you kidding? You get paid to write books on thankfulness. Come on. Right? But it makes sense. Doesn't it make sense, especially if you're a follower of God, that this would be something that would positively affect us, affect us don't you think? And so what I want to do today, I want to look at Psalms chapter 100. Psalms chapter 100, it's only five verses and so we're going to look at that because in many of your Bibles, depending on what version, this is one of the only sections that's labeled, it's labeled as a song of thanksgiving or a grateful praise. And that's what it's kind of labeled at. And so I want to look at this and we're going to take everything from this short little uh, chapter in, in Psalm. So look at it with me if you would. Uh, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. And some of you guys have heard this, you're familiar with it. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Okay? And so we, we get this. We understand it's a grateful praise or, or a psalm of thanksgiving. But I want us to look at verse 4 specifically this morning. Verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Now this is not accidentally that he uses phrases or uses words. He's trying to get us to paint a picture this morning. And I want you to see that picture that he's painting. And the picture is Jerusalem. And so in Jerusalem, it's surrounded by these gates, right? And if you enter one of these gates, you can enter certain gates, and they will take you into the court of the temple, into the temple complex. And that's the idea the psalmist wants us to see this morning. We're, we want to get the picture of a, of a temple, the, the gates of Jerusalem. You enter those gates, and you enter those gates, and some of those gates you enter into the court, the, the temple court. And so that's the picture you need to kind of be thinking about this morning. And so Scripture tells us, as we enter these, his gates, in other words, this ideal of the place of the temple where God resides, that we're to enter his presence with thanksgiving, with, with our hearts, with, with praise, and we enter his courts. Now, here's a, there's a very specific ideal I want to draw out of this, and just, just hang with me. I want you to see the temple, right? And the temple was a great statement to all the world about Israel and their God. They believed their God was one true God, and this is where he dwells, Right? And the, the temple did betray that. The temple is also a signal or kind of a statement, maybe, against idolatry, right? Because this is one true God. There's no other gods. But yet, there's all these other little gods that people serve, and they, they taste after. And so Israel's kind of making a stand. The God's making a stand. Here's the temple, one true God, right? There's no other gods. And so it's kind of a statement against idolatry. 
And so now this is important because we're looking at this psalm. The, the psalmist says, we're in his gates with thanksgiving and praise. And you don't separate those two things. They, they go together. You know, when you're thanking God, you're praising God. When you're praising God, you're thanking God, right? They're kind of just one and the same. And so now why is, this all, why is this important? Now just hang to me. I'm getting to it right here. This is important because foundationally as Christians, so often we are thankful, right? But what are we thankful for? And this is not wrong. We just got priorities kind of maybe out of whack. We're thankful for God for all that he's done for us. Amen? That's a good thing. Please hear me. That's nothing wrong with that. We're thankful for his blessings. We're thankful for what he did for our families. We're thankful for the healings. We're thankful for the miracles. We're thankful for, you know, my job. We're thankful for our home. We're thankful for all this stuff, right? But what he's trying to get us to, what he wants us to see, the psalmist, is we enter his gates with thanksgivings, his courts with praise. What he's saying is we give thanks to him. We praise his name. And it's very specific here. We give thanks to him and we praise his name. And I want you to see why I'm getting so specific here. Because Psalms 100 verse 4 is trying to teach us that where we put our praise and where we put our, our thanks in the right place. Now hang with me. I promise I'm making a point here. I'll get to it. Just hang with me. It's saying our thanks to him and our praise to his name. And when they say that his name, we're identifying the nature, the essence, the character of God is what he's saying. So it actually encompasses all that God is, all that God does. When we talk about his great name, we're talking about the character and the nature of God. And here's what the psalmist says. We give thanks to God for God. Come on. We give thanks to God for God. We praise God for God. In other words, what he's saying, before you start giving thanks and before you start praising all that God has done, we start by praising him for who he is. That is number one. Foundationally, we have to get this correct, that we start by praising God for all that he is, all that, he's, all that he encompasses because of him. Because what we get tempted to do in our culture, even in the Christian culture, we get tempted on thanking him for all our goodies we get, right? I mean, I got blessed here, I got blessed here, my family's doing great, this is going great. And nothing's wrong with that, but we get caught up in that, and we don't focus our attention on him, who deserves all our praise, who deserves all the glory, who gives, uh, deserves all the thanks, just for who he is. I'll be very clear about this. In fact, the following verses says, talked about praise his name actually look in verse five uh, let's go ahead and go there for the lord is good his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations so this is what the character of god looks like god is good god is love god is faithful and there's a lot more to it but this is what this psalmist is saying right now god is good god is love God is faithful. And the result of God being God, bring your thanks to him and make sure you place them in him. Thank him for who he is, not what he's done. You, you should do that later on, but you need to be thanking him for who he is, that he is God. Give your praise to God. That's where we start. We start with him. Think about it. You start with him. Why? Because everything else in this world will fail. He healed you, okay? But your body... Has to die, or at least Jesus comes one or the other. Two things, one of those is going to happen. I mean, people today, you know, Mark's, Mark's mom just turned 97. 
And people get so upset that God didn't perform a miracle when grandma was 97. Grandma's 97. Grandma's going to pass. That's what happens to our world because it's a broken world. But yet so many times we focus on the good things that God has given us. But the problem with that is when they fail, sometimes it leaves us in ruins. When that relationship you have fails, you're a wreck. When your job fails, you're destroyed. Why? Because you put all your thanks, all your focus on all these good things. They're not bad things, but you did put the number one thing on him, on just who he is. Because God by himself deserves all our praise. If he never gives you one more thing in this life, he deserves all your praise. You say, well, I didn't receive nothing from God. Guess what? You, he still deserves all your praise because of who he is. I mean, if you believe he's a God of the universe, if you believe he's the one true God, he deserves your praise just based on who he is. It's as simple as that, but we get things backwards. We want to put all our, our praise on the things we have, on what he's done. Not that those are bad, but those things will fail. He won't fail. So this is where we start. Uh, American theologist, theologian Jonathan Edwards said this, True gratitude, I love this, true gratitude or thankfulness to God for his kindness to us arises from a foundation laid before. This is what we're talking about, the foundational level. Of love to God for what he is in himself. Whereas a natural gratitude has no such ascendant foundation. The gracious stirrings of grateful affection to God for kindness received always are from a stock of love already in the heart, established in the first place on other grounds, namely God's own excellence. Do you catch that? It starts with who he is. It starts with who he is. God is excellent. God is great in himself. That if he never did anything else for you, he's still great. He still deserves all of our praise because that's who he is. And the psalmist is helping to convince us of that where we need to place our thanks is in God for God, for who he is. Why? Because this is what I think the psalmist wants to see because what a grat great gratitude and thankfulness will do for us is it will keep us from idolatry. And some of you are thinking, okay, what in the world? Where are you going with this, pastor? It will keep us from idolatry. Well, and what I'm talking about is like, well, I'm not bound to any, down to any statues. I understand that. I get that. I hope you're not, right? But what I'm talking about is these, these idols where we're talking about those things that actually take the place of God. They become ultimate instead of God being ultimate. And so what idolatry really is, it's just misplaced gratitude. And let me show you how that looks. Let me show you what that looks like. Um, idolatry is misplaced gratitude. Because now, you know, we have a tendency as human beings to thank ourselves, don't we? I mean, come on. We thank ourselves. We do a good job. You're successful. You're knocking that job out. Look at me. I'm doing a great job. I'm killing it, right? Or we thank ourselves for our victories. We thank ourselves for our money. If we've been successful, we've earned a lot of money, and we're proud of it. Look what I've done, and see where the tension goes. The I, look what I've done. 
Look what I've accomplished. Look at the power I have. Look at the relationships I have. Look how many followers I have on social media, on Instagram. I mean, I'm killing it, right? I'm an influencer now. Look at me. And we thank ourselves because of what we've done. But here's the thing. Whatever it is that we keep giving constant and ultimate thanks to, soon gets our constant and ultimate worship. You see how that is? And so you see how, how easily it is for misplaced gratitude to become an idol in our life. I mean, it happens very easily. Some of you are like, well, I don't worship nothing but God, but come on. You're pretty proud of yourself. You know, some of you are very talented. You're like, I'm good. Yeah, but God gave you that talent. And the more you thank yourself, the more you're grateful for that, the more that becomes the idol in your life. And so this is why it's so important that we get this right foundationally, is we thank God for who he is. I thank God that he is God, that he is excellent, that he is good. Not that what he's done for me, not that we shouldn't do that, not that it's bad, but we got to get first things first. Because whatever we keep giving constant and ultimate thanks to soon gets our constant ultimate worship. That's why we have, that's why we have it in the right place. And sometimes we don't have that. We have a tendency to put other things in that place of God, and they become the idols in our life. That's why, why gratitude rightly placed, we give thanks to God for God. Why? Because he's enough. I mean, let's be honest. He's enough. That's the kind of relationship he wants with us, where he is enough. Not that it's based on what we get out of our relationship. Not based on what gifts I get, how good he is. It's because who he is. That's my relationship with God. It's not about what he's done for us, even though it's a lot. It's about start thanking him for who he is in himself, in his own excellence. And this is all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Paul talks about this a lot. Paul actually talks about idolatry 18 different places in scripture but he talks about thankfulness twice as many he talks about thankfulness 35 times and 35 different occasions paul writes about thankfulness he references it in colossians 3 we want to look at the i'm going to skip that one chris and go to um first thessalonians paul writes this rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances For this is God's will for you in Christ. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. How do you give thanks in all circumstances? Come on. Some of you are going through circumstances right now that stink. I mean, they're hard. They're difficult. You're struggling. How do you give thanks in those circumstances? Because you thank God for God. You thank God for who he is. Not about your circumstances, not about what you have, not about what you don't have. You thank God for God. That's how you can stand. That's how you can give thanks in difficult circumstances, all circumstances. That's how you give thanks. You know, this is one of the questions I get most probably in ministry is, Pastor, how do I know God's will? Okay, let me look. Well, how about rejoicing always? How about pray continually? How about everything give thanks? For this is the will of God for you in Christ. That's God's will. That's where you start, right there. And Paul is telling us that we'll be thankful in every circumstances because that's going to keep us from idolatry, right? Because that will keep us from making other little gods in our lives that we begin to focus on, begin to give our attention to. 
We focus on that. Paul is very clear. You know who else was very clear on this? Jesus. Jesus is very clear on this. The story of the feeding of 5,000, you guys know how it is in John chapter 6. He saw the crowd, and I thought this was funny. He probably, you know, he's probably laughing a little bit inside, uh, talking to Philip. Hey, Philip, you got to feed all these people. You know, Philip's like, what? You know, he's stressing out. He's sweating. He's like, we, you know, we, you don't understand how much money it costs. You know, he lets them stool now a little bit. Then he comes to the rescue. We know the story. He has everybody sit down, and, and then what does he do? He takes the loaves, right? He gives thanks, and he distributes them. Takes the fish, fish gives thanks, and distributes them, right? We know this. He gives thanks. There's baskets left over. You, you heard this story. I like how Matthew tells it, because Matthew says that Jesus raised his face toward heaven. He's raised his face toward heaven, and he gives thanks. Look what he's doing in this instance, Right? He's taking their eyes off of what? He's taking their eyes off the bread, off the fishes, and pointing them to God, right? Taking their eyes off the food and putting them on the source of the food. He's taking their eyes off the provision and pointing them to the one who, who gave it, right? He's taking their eyes off the impossible, like, wow, did you see what? And showing them who made it possible, whole time, Jesus is pointing them to God. Not on the things that happen, not on the miracles, not on the food. He's pointing them to God. Why? Because that's where we start. Our worship with God, but just because of who he is, we praise God for being God. When you praise God for being God, watch what God does in your life. You think that's the, that's the end of the story? It's not, because this shows you how much of a fundamental, fundamental um, account this was, because John talks about it. Pull that verse up for me, John uh, chapter 6, verse 23. Other bo boats from Tiberias came near the place where they'd eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. This place is now identified as a place where Lord, the Lord gave thanks. That's how they call it. Hey, where are you going? I'm going to the place where the Lord gave thanks. Not the place where the miracle, not the place of the bread and the fish, the place where the Lord gave thanks. Because that's where it starts. That's how important this was. This is how he described it. The place where the Lord gives thanks. Thanks was a part of the fundamental power of what Jesus did in his movement. And it continues. And I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to get the worship team to come on up today. It's a Passover meal. We understand this. And Jesus had the final Passover meal with his disciples. We read about it in Mark chapter 14. And notice what he says here. While they were eating... Jesus took bread, and when they'd given thanks, there it is, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he says to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new from the kingdom of God. This only happens... When you're giving thanks to God for who God is. When you're giving thanks to God for all that he's done in your life, you're not acting like this. Can you understand what's happening? As he's taking this bread, he's telling them, this is my body, it's about to be broken. This is my body, it's about to be beaten up. I'm going to be tortured, humiliated. This is my body. I'm giving thanks. Are you kidding me? I think some of you this morning, you walked in here with a lot of hurt. And I'm talking about giving thanks, you're like, no thanks. Like, I, I'm not in a place 
I'm hurting. I'm broken. I'm confused. I need this. I need this. I am nowhere to give thanks. I think some of you this morning, you need to make a sacrifice of thanks this morning. Jesus, in one of the toughest moments in his life, you remember the prayer in the, in the garden? Pass, Lord, if, if you can, let this cup pass. It didn't, so what did he do? He went through with it. Why? Because he was thinking God for God. Not for the things that God had given, not for the miracles, not for all this, but he knew God was God. He knew God was going to take care of it. Why? Because he worshiped and he thanked God. So he took this cup he knew represented himself was going to be poured out his blood and he gave thanks. Giving thanks in every circumstance only works when foundationally you put God first. Think about your own prayer life. How many times have you started out thanking God for God? God, thanks for saving me. God, thanks for forgiving me. God, thanks for... many times you started out singing God for God this this is how you see those men and women of faith who just got a diagnosis of cancer saying I'm gonna be alright this is how you see some whose family have completely fallen apart standing when you thought how are they even standing because they put their faith in God. God, I thank you for who you are. Either you're going to heal me or I'm going to be in glory. One, or the, one way or the other, you win. So God, I thank you for being God. It's not based on what he's given you, not based on what he's done in your life, because if it is, those things are going to fail. And when they fail, they're going to rock, rock your world and you're going to be confused, you're going to be disoriented, you don't know what to do. But when you have foundationally, you understand, you thank God for who God is, you can stand. When the, the world is crashing upon you, stand. Because you know He is good. You understand who He is. You thank Him. You praise Him. This is an extraordinary, powerful when we understand it. And I believe this is what the psalmist is trying to get at because thanks rightly placed keeps us from idolatry and trust in the wrong sources. And it reiterates our worship to God that He is good. He is love. He is faithful. This is what thanks enabled us to do. So this, this season of Thanksgiving, that's why I wanted us to understand so we're all on the same page foundationally. We praise and we thank God for who He is. That's where it starts. Everything flows out of that. So this morning, would you stand with me? I really do believe there's some of you this morning that you have no thanks in your heart. I think for some of you, it will be a sacrifice of thanks. But I promise you, if you would just bear down and say, okay, God, I'm going to thank you for who you are. Not what you've done in my life, not what you give me, not what. I want to thank you for who you are. I want to praise you for your goodness. This morning, I want to ask you to make a sacrifice of praise. So 
what I want to do is the worship team is going to lead us. If, if, you, if you don't want to come down front, take a seat, make an altar where you're at, stand where you're at. I just want everybody in this room to give a thanks of praise to God this morning for who He is. Come down front if you want to, make an altar where you want to, whatever. Just don't leave this place. Even if you have to make a sacrifice of things this morning, don't leave this place without thanking God for who He is this morning.